All right, so hey, Joe, it's We're good to back. see you back we in the are office. Back. It almost feels like Sims after dark. The blinds are closed. I wish we had cigars, man. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Sit here, have some cigars, talk a little bit about how Joe quit the podcast. <laughs> Not just the podcast, actually. Joe quit Sims Coaching Systems, <laughs> Jason Smart Personal Real Estate Corporation, Sims Real Estate Group. Everything. Every single business that he's entangled into, Joe quit last week. One, one thing that I did wrong... And the whole thing was sideways. Joe was out the door. The whole and, house of cards. And I think he had some choice words for me on the way out, too. I did. I did. I believe I told you to, uh, you know, go somewhere. And Why don't you say exactly what you said, Joe? Let's actually reenact what happened. I think it was. Okay, so. Oh, you want to go, like, right to the beginning? Sure. Let's okay. talk about it. What caused Joe so, to quit? I, I we was talked having, about this I was week. having a critical conversation with somebody on, on the phone. It was a difficult conversation to have. Uh, I thought it was going well. And uh, I think you you heard otherwise. You're like, oh, this is going downhill. This is going to be confrontational. And I was up for it. I was in a fiery mood. And so you come flying around the corner like your hair is on fire. And you grab the phone uh, that I had on speakerphone on the table. And you sort of grabbed it, ran outside. And I'm just like, that son of a gun. So, so the 15 minutes I'm on the phone outside. I'm stewing. You're stewing. I'm stewing, man. <laughs> I'm stewing. I'm just like, gosh darn that Jason Samard. And just something inside my brain snapped. Snapped. You were in you were in a mood. You were definitely in a mood that day. I could uh, tell. Yeah. I knew. I was like, Joe's in a mood. This is gonna be a fiery conversation. Oh, I could yeah. just tell that the tone could go that way. And I was like, this isn't how we need to end this. So I came. Instead of saying, "Hey, let me let me take the phone," I literally grabbed the phone. Which which what, what would I have said? You said, "Sure, man, go for it." But I didn't do that. I grabbed the phone, <laughs> and instantly, as I grabbed the phone and started talking, I knew inside I was like, "Oh, I just fucked up." I knew it as soon as I did it, but I couldn't undo it because I already taken the phone and was in the middle of this conversation. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sitting there, and this is what I'm saying to myself: I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna have some damage control after this call." <laughs> I'm going to have damage control after this call. I'm Which like, is it's so funny because on the last podcast, we talked and I'm like, dude, you're like a tornado. And I'm the guy, one guy with a broom, cleaning up the trailer park. And the tornado was in full force. The tornado was in full force. This time it ate the guy pushing the broom. I will say this. So I got back and Joe's like red, red. He looks at me and he's like, if you ever fucking do that th- again, I'll fucking quit. And then he fucking walked out. Then I quit. <laughs> then he quit. You walked out. There was no warning shot. You walked out. Yeah, I grabbed my laptop. I opened up the door of my Jeep, and I actually threw my laptop in the Jeep. Like, I threw my MacBook. And it wasn't in, like, a holder or a case. I literally threw my laptop in my car, slammed the door, and I took off. And then I phoned my wife, and I'm like, I'm coming home. And Jen's like, what? I said, fuck it. I'm done. I'm coming home. And then uh, she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? I'm like, I'm coming home. And then you called. I'm she like, said, did you tell her you quit? Yeah. Well, no. I just said, I'm coming home. I said, I'm done. I'm done. And she's like, what are you talking about? And then right then you called. I'm like, son of a gun. Jason's calling me right now. And she's like, you should probably grab it. So I, I, I hit the answer. And all I hear is, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Give me 30 seconds. Give me 30 seconds. And I was like, Jason, I'll give you 30 minutes, man. I said, I'll give you 30 hours. And you're like, okay. And it was probably, I will tell you, one of the most heartfelt apologies I've ever had in my whole life. What did I do? Uh, you know what, man? You just said, you owned it. You were just like, look, 
you start off by you're like, look, man, you're my best friend. You are my brother. You are my business partner. I cannot do any of this without you. And I want to let you know, sort of like, I didn't, I wasn't thinking. I made a mistake, and you know, like, thank. And you just, you just kept thanking me for answering the phone. And I was like, yeah, man, okay, I I get it, I get it. And then I was kind of in this weird spot. And then you said something to me. Uh, I just because I know you, and yeah. I oh, I love you, Joe. I got, what did you say? I, I said, I said, honey, the kids miss you. Can you come home? Please come home. Please come home. Please come home, baby. Please come home. The kids miss you. I'm like, son of a bitch. And then Ryan's in the background. He's, He's like, can you bring Dairy Queen? Yeah, I'm like, ah, give me 10 minutes. And, and I drove around and the and block, then, caught my breath, came in, and uh, you were there. We had a huge hug and just ended up chatting about it for a I'm couple I'm pretty sure minutes. I gave you a kiss on the cheek, too. You did. You did. You a kiss on the cheek. And then it was a dead issue, right? It was but, a dead issue. But I'll tell you, you know, I, I couldn't imagine ever not doing what I do. And I, that's the first time I've ever, like... Four well, years. Four years. Four years. First time Over you, four years you snapped your crayons and walked out like that. Yeah. I, I deserved it. I should have said, hey, can I let me take that? I didn't. I literally grabbed the phone and walked outside and just took over the conversation. I was wrong. The way I handled that was not how I would have handled it. I knew instantly. You know when you do something and yeah. you just know? You just know. You you're feel like, it. oh, I fucked up. You know that? Paige, you ever had that feeling where you do it? And as soon as you do it, you know, but it's too late. Like you can't undo it and you're in the middle of something. That's exactly what it was like. And you know, and I, at the, when, when we were talking about it, like I owned a piece of it too. Like I was fired up that day. I let my emotions get the best of me. And I, I think a really great lesson that I took away is if something happens less than 20% of the time in life, it's considered a one-off. So in all the interactions that we've had, what percentage of the time have I walked away feeling like marginalized or like talked down to? Probably like less than 5%, way less than 5 2%, 1%. So in that moment, I should have realized, okay, this is less than 20% of the time, but beyond less than 20% of the time. That makes this a one-off, which means sort of kind of take it for what it is. It's worthy of a conversation, but it wasn't worthy of a blow up. So, and for that, I apologize too. So, and you know what? It's all good. Sometimes it's good to have a passionate moment like that where it just, you get it all out, whatever. It's all good. But you know what? In the big scheme of things, like the whole thing lasted like 10 minutes. Yeah. It was small. It it was not a zinger sized blowout. (laughs) Like one of those ones where it's like, you know, binge watching all the Godfathers. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? People must think that I'm difficult to work with. And maybe no, I am, man. but I'm, I think I'm usually pretty reasonable. I think that what it is, is you just have such a passion for what you do that this tunnel vision just kicks in and you just do what needs to get done in the moment. And that's one of the things I respect about you. And that's one, that's one of the things that I, I know I'm in the right place because I'm usually the guy, you're, you're 10 steps ahead. I'm about four. Everybody else is right at zero. So I can usually kind of see both sides of it, and that's how we that's how we work together. So when that th- those things happen, I can usually sort of mitigate it. Like you'll just say, "Hey, we need this. This course needs to be created," and I'll go, oh, "Okay." But in some cases, like this one, apparently I was way more than ten steps behind. You're a thousand steps. You're twenty miles ahead. That's okay. Hey, man, better friends for it. Hey, it's all better good. friends for it. But so. listen, I had the question today, and I've actually had this a few times. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in the economy? Ooh. What do you think is going to happen with the housing market? What, what's going to happen in the next six months, a year, two years? And oh man, I don't have a crystal ball. Winter is coming. But yeah, I think winter's coming. 
I think it's time for a massive recession. I think we're going to go through one. I think there's going to be so many opportunities, but also there's going to be a lot of blood in the streets when this happens. For example, this year, we've got some early signs that there's things brewing. Like we had two banks collapse in the United States. We did. We have inflation rates that are exceptionally high right now. Still, like they're going up. We have unemployment that's super low right now in the United States. They're saying that they need 4 million jobs lost in order to start getting inflation back under control. That means that we have a lot of volatility coming down the pipe. And then there's the fact that the U.S. has printed so much money. Mm -hmm. There's global things like Saudi Arabia talking about getting off the U.S. dollar when it comes to oil. We have the same thing happening with Brazil and China and a lot of countries around the world. You realize what that will do, right? Because right now you have to trade in U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're no longer trading in U.S. dollars, that means the U.S. dollar is no longer going to be the currency for oil, which means that there's going to be a calling on a lot of the debt that the U.S. has on their treasury bills and things like that, which will create a runoff because they don't have the money. Mm -hmm. They've printed trillions of dollars trillions like you couldn't even fathom how much a trillion is imagine owing like 20 trillion or however many Mm -hmm. trillions of dollars it's it's insane so think about that you know there's some definitely some things coming tony robbins has been predicting he said it's going to be a five to a seven year winter well yeah it's always a seven year business cycle right we're at the bottom and we got to go all the way through right back to the top so yeah, it's it's definitely realistic. I mean, like just look at what interest rates have done in Canada. And everybody was like, you know what, they're gonna freeze. They're gonna freeze. Nothing else is gonna happen. Like interest rates are stuck, they are what they are. And what just happened? Right, with almost little to no warning. Like it was two days before that the government starts going, Okay, well, you know, we might that there's even a sniff of it. So what else is brewing that we don't even know? There's a lot brewing. Oh there. yeah. So Here's the thing. I choose to take the outlook that everybody has to go through the same volatility. So it's going to be yes, the same sir. playing field. There's going to be sales in every single market. However, sales are going to be tougher to come by. Mm-hmm. So here's what I would say. If you want to get a war plan going now, start now. Start planning to, number one, you should be investing in your skills. You should become the most skilled agent in your marketplace. Number two is you should be learning how to become a world-class marketer. If you're somebody that's shy on camera, you should work on that. If you're somebody that's not putting out content right now, you should start putting out content. You should learn how to use artificial intelligence. This is a, that's a big really one. big tool that will create a lot of efficiencies for you going forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Start working your database. Become the most proactive agent you can in your marketplace. Start hoarding some cash. This is a time where you start putting some cash on the sidelines. Right? Stop living for today. Start planning for tomorrow. Be the person that can be ready to make moves when things go sideways. Because recessions are always when things go on sale, right? Yep. There's going to be a lot of people that are caught up in this in, in where it doesn't financially make sense because they're having to refinance debt and that debt is just more, more costly than it was and it no longer cash flows and so they're going to need to get rid of projects. There's going to be people that are looking for creative options to get out of homes. We have a whole bunch of baby boomers that are going to be looking to make moves and downsize businesses that, you know, nobody's going to be able to buy because it just doesn't make sense. So think about the opportunity that is coming. Don't look at it from like, oh my God, I should panic. Look at it from how am I going to be prepared to start making moves? Mm -hmm. It's It's like a game of chess, right? You make moves that move you forwards 
during these volatile times, you're going to be ahead five years later. But if you are the person that's having moves made on you, you're the one that's going to be still trying to recover five years later. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. And you know, it's funny. You start to see these small little ripples first. And I know it sounds absurd, but you'll start seeing like motorcycle sales. And then you'll start seeing like, you know, luxury cars then classic cars, then you'll see boats, then you'll start seeing the rental houses. People are going to start liquidating the things that they don't need to use day by day, especially people in this industry. Like people in the real estate industry love boats. They love boats. Boats and like you know, second cars. They love that shit. So watch for that. I think there's telltale signs. You know, and I'd say right now, like again, you mentioned it, triple down on your, on your bandwidth like your social media content, your marketing campaigns, all that stuff, like really start arming up, preparing yourself because it's going to be tough. And I think once you're in the throes of a recession, you kind of, it's almost like being at the bottom of the ocean. Like, do you even know which way is up? So start now. Yeah. And here's another thing you should be doing. Get in good shape because you're going to need energy. You're going to need to have energy to get through it. You're going to want to keep your mental health in place. Work on your relationships. Yeah, it's a big one. Really important. Become practical. Recessions are a time when people start making practical decisions. Cut, your, cut your own lawn. Cut your own lawn. Well, I don't know. It depends. <laughs> depends what you do. It depends what you do. But yeah, you definitely want to become practical during these downturns. You want to start doing things like family, family time. Well, maybe instead of booking a big trip, hey, maybe let's go camping, right? You start doing more practical things like that. But it's a moment in time, just like anything. And mm-hmm. if you can be the person that's making moves and picking up assets and acquiring new businesses and looking for opportunities, you will do incredibly well. If you are somebody who currently works an, a non-skilled labor job and you have no other skills that you've added to the mix, mm-hmm. you know it could be a really tough recession for you because what if you lose your job and you don't have any other skills that you can depend on? You know, I love people that are resourceful. You know, for example, like producer Paige, she's really smart. She has other side hustles and and things that she's built for herself that if things go sideways, she has the ability to go create other income. I love that. I think that's really smart. I would teach my, my kids to be that resilient, right? Figure out ways to use your passions and make money from that. Right. Paige, if if I was like, Hey, gun to your head, you need to come up with another thousand dollars this month or $2,000. Do you think with your experience and your knowledge and your side hustles, you can go and do that? Yeah, like the fact that you're saying yes to that tells me that you're prepared for these types of volatilities because you have diversified and you're being smart, right? But a lot of people are like, well, I'd rather watch Netflix. Well, you know what? You've probably forgotten watching Netflix some weekends and nights to go and do your side hustle, but that's allowed you to own a home and own your own vehicle and you know be able to plan for your future. Good for you. Like, I'm proud of you. I think that's smart. I think more people need to think that resourcefully. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. I mean, my uh, my side hustle, I've always had a, a kind of a, a couple that I've run, but my big one actually kicks off uh, the 1st of July. So pumped on that. And uh, yeah. What is it? Uh, OnlyFans. OnlyFans? Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. So like a gay OnlyFans? Well, I can't tell you that. For for four ninety nine a month, you can plus GST, <laughs> but you're about 525. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned if Joe actually <laughs> makes any money from his OnlyFans. <laughs> All two people. Well, I guess yeah. If, hey, if we have as many subscribers as as I, if we have as many subscribers here that I that I'll get on my OnlyFans, I'll be making at least forty bucks a month. Yeah, minimum, minimum, <laughs> forty a month. That's awesome. But listen, yeah. If you guys are listening to this, what are you doing to diversify your income? Mm-hmm. That's another thing. 
right? Do you, are you limited to one income or do you have other assets that put money in your account? What have you done to have your money grow and outpace inflation too? Yeah. Right? Like we, we, have, we have nine revenue sources. Nine streams of income. Nine. That's crazy. The reason I get stressed out, Joe, is because of how many livelihoods that, we, that depend on the companies. We have 42 people that depend on our livelihoods. We just had an amazing barbecue on Friday. We had we a did. whole bunch of you know, our families and people come together here at the Sims office. We had a bouncy castle barbecue. It was really fun. And it was really like humbling for me to sit there and like look around and be like, this is something we envisioned and created, right? I thought about this seven years ago. And here it is happening in an office space that I envisioned and thought about seven years ago too. And, and it was a very, like for me, it was a very humbling moment. I was like, wow, this is like, I feel a lot of gratitude right now that this is even happening. Because seven years ago, it was just a thought. And when you start putting and manifesting thoughts and you write them down and then you start making them happen, it's pretty cool. But one thing that gives me a lot of confidence is the fact that we have a lot of diversity in the things that we're doing and we have some amazing people around us. And, you know, I think if we stay the course, put our head down the way that we are, and we continue to move forwards on our war plan, we call it our war plan, which we launched last year because we we wanted to get ahead of the curve. I truly believe we can come out the other side. Has it been tougher? Has it been leaner the last year with the market shift? Absolutely. There's no question. But man, we're we're still pushing forwards. We're still making moves. And, you know, it's because we're all getting together. And I know a lot of the moves that we've made, like doubling our team size and things that we've, acquisitions that we've made, they're not going to pay off right away. But what did we talk about? We talked about the 12-month, 24-month, five-year payoff mm-hmm. and how that could really position us where we can strengthen our company. And I really think that we're ahead of the ahead of schedule of where I thought we could be with those mergers, which yeah, is pretty exciting. So you know, like last month, we had 45 sales that we put on the board. The month before that, we had 41. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. April was our worst closing <laughs> month that we had in seven years, I think. We were eating craft dinner in, in April. In April, we were eating craft dinner. Yeah. But then, boom, we bounced back. We did. Right? And we so, bounced back hard, right? And I, I think it's just dedication and just staying the course, right? Everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing. What would you recommend to people that are, have been through some tough times this year? What would you recommend to the people listening? You know, um, in the words of the warrior poet, Little Orphan Annie, the sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar tomorrow, there'll be sun. And I think you said it yourself, right? It's a moment in time. And I think anybody who's ever been through those cycles realizes that. They realize that where we're at isn't essentially where where we're going, right? So just stay the course. I think you got to put your head down. And I I hate to say it, but I think you got to tune out a lot of the clickbait. That's so important, right? Just be focused on your narrative. Focus on what you can control. You can control the amount of dials that you do. You can control the amount of people you talk to. Just like you would in an up market, you need to be that much more diligent in a down market. What am I doing to drive this forward? Love it. One thing that I started studying again this weekend, I was looking into things that I thought, hey, what are some creative ways that we can start Mm. structuring deals and making things happen? And I was like, we need to become masters of rent to own. Mm. Rent to own. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I have a tenant at one of my properties who whose daughter is having to live in a trailer right now and she's interested in, in renting the upstairs suite. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could put a rent-to-own agreement together and help them become homeowners. And it would be an alternative to what I'm doing currently of just renting the property. So I'm looking at things like that. Then I thought, you know what? Investors, if we could partner buyers who maybe aren't in a position to buy right now but would make great tenants mm-hmm. that could get a rent-to-own contract with a potential investor... 
we put those contracts together where there's you know some some money they're earning some interest on their money the tenant maybe is willing to pay a little bit more mm-hmm. every month but they're having some down payment money accumulated so they could own the home maybe in a few years like we start thinking of some creative ways to make deals happen that's the stuff that you need to start thinking about if you want to become a winner in this upcoming economy that we're going to be going through how do you broker that that luxury car that's sitting in the driveway how do you you know solve the person's problem who unfortunately was one of those people that live for today and didn't plan for tomorrow how do we help them get out of that problem how do we find somebody else who can come in and save the day how do you position yourself where you're the person saving the day where you're able to buy assets on sale because of other people's bad decisions mm-hmm. i mean that's what happens during recessions is people's bad decisions catch up to them and then the people that were smart and fiscally responsible and had a plan and didn't live for today and delayed gratification they're coming in to save the day, but you know they're getting assets for pennies on the dollar in yeah, some cases. I agree. That's just the way it is. You know, it may sound harsh, but that's what happens it's when the, you live for today. It, it's the reality. It's not that it's harsh. It's just it's the reality, right? So I know for me, I'm trying to look at it optimistically. I'm like, look, it's going to be a tough time. We're going to make moves. We're going to continue to push forwards. We're trying to build a company here that's going to be around in 20 years. I want my kids to have amazing opportunities to be a part of this. And so we're going to put our foot on the gas pedal, just like we have all the other market shifts that we've been a part of. And we're just going to push forwards and we're going to keep grinding and we're going to just get better at our craft. And guess what? It's the same playing field for everybody else. So it's not like it's an uneven playing field. And remember that. So if you're sitting there with despair, you could look at it like that and be like, oh my God, the world is ending. Or you could say, oh my God, there's going to be an incredible amount of opportunity. I need to become a problem solver. I need to become more resourceful than I've ever been. And this is the time where you need to invest in yourself, get the right tools, the right mentorship, start thinking about that. Love it. Cool. Love it, man. Appreciate you. Hey, always a pleasure. Hey. Live to play another day. We'll live to play another day. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.